0: It's one thing to pray for little prayers, little stuff. How you doing, my friend? It's one thing to pray for stuff that's the fruit that's hanging low on the tree or happens to be on the floor of the ground when you walk by it. You know, I grew up uh, in my backyard as a kid where I always had an apple tree, which is great when you're hungry and a kid, but when you have to cut the grass and do it, it's a mess, right? Because there's a lot that's on the ground. And some of us, we've been living no one here, some Christians in the church world live off what God provides, but they don't get it in time, and it just sits, and it's low on the ground, and they'll see it in the normal routine of life, and they'll give God thanks, and that's a good thing to give God thanks for what He's done in our lives. Praise God, I got a 2% raise. Well, praise God, but everybody got a 2% raise, or not to hurt your feelings, everybody got a 3%, you only got a 2%, but praise God, a 2% is still a 2% raise, amen, but I want to challenge our faith and begin to stretch our prayers so we don't pray little simple prayers that, you know what I mean, if it doesn't happen, it's no big deal because you got it covered. Right. Right. But begin to stretch our expectation and faith and begin to reach up for the fruit that's at the top of the tree Amen. that a lot of people don't even look at or even strive to go for right. and start saying, God, I'm going to use my faith and pray and I, I want not only for this stuff that is just the normal stuff that average Christian prays, but what if we start raising our faith for some amazing stuff? What if you start praying for your whole family to get saved and serve God? What if, what if you pray? What if you pray? And I was talking to one family uh, just this past week, and they were, we were joining our faith in agreement, and they're like, We need our, our sons going through some stuff. And I said, Well, why don't we pray not only for your son, but let's pray that, all right, devil, you're messing with our son, that we're gonna start also praying for other people. And they said, we've already done that. She said, she spoke up, the, the, the mom spoke up and said, we've already started doing that. I told the devil, you're going to mess with my son. I'm going to get your children. And she started going to different places and reaching out to people that were difficult. You know what I mean? Instead of just taking it at the level of, oh, Lord, help me make it through the day. Come on. Let's start praying, God, I thank you. This is going to be the best year I've ever had. Clean doctors report, amen. Yeah. Yeah. Financial independence, amen. Yeah. Wisdom and insight beyond your education and beyond your years, amen. Yeah. 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 I mean, stuff that just blows. You know what, it's one, let me help you out. And I deal with this too. We don't have to make everybody happy. Right. Exactly. Mark 10, Jesus said, in the whole context, and people will take that whole chapter and take a little bit and totally misunderstand. And I haven't started preaching yet. We're just, we're just sharing. And so in Mark's gospel chapter 10, remember the rich young ruler. And a lot of people will use that, well, God doesn't want us blessed. Look at the rich young ruler. And the point wasn't the money. The point was, and because God doesn't mind you having stuff, he just doesn't want stuff to have you. Right. And the rich young ruler's problem was that those possessions had him. Because afterwards, Jesus made the comment after he left and bowed his head because he didn't follow Jesus. And what a horrible story to have to tell your grandchildren. I knew that man, and he invited me to follow him, but I didn't. But afterwards, Jesus said, It's harder for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven than a camel to go through the eye of the needle. And the disciples spoke up and said, Lord, how is, the, how is anybody going to get saved? You know what I mean, that is, that's impossible. And Jesus said, with man it's impossible, but with God all things are And people will stop there and then say, see, you shouldn't have anything. I don't know who I'm talking to, but let me just encourage you. If you live in America, you have some stuff. Amen. Your stuff might not be as good as the stuff that somebody sent next to you, but you have some stuff. This whole thing of people getting offended at what they call the prosperity gospel, if there's a misunderstanding somewhere because the word is filled with God blessing you and you being prosperous. Joshua 1, to 6-10, he said, meditate the word and then you, you will make your way prosperous. And obviously people can get any truth and take it to an extreme. When it's all about you, there's something out of balance. Let me say that again. When it's all about you and not about Jesus, something's out of balance. When we don't understand the benefit of what possessions can not just for you to look nice and have nice, but also so that you can be a blessing to other people. Can I get an amen? Because if all you're doing is trying to make your rent, you're not thinking about your neighbor and feeding them. But if you're in America, if you, they, the study says if you slept on a pillow last night and have, have more than one pair of shoes, you are in the top 8% income of the world. So I would think anybody in the top 8% is called blessed. So just lighten up when it comes to money. We're not going to take up another offering. But Jesus said, the disciples said, that's impossible. And Jesus said, with God, all things are possible. And most people stop there. But then he goes on to say, because Peter spoke up and said, Lord, I, we have forsaken everything to follow you. And Jesus didn't say, Peter, you're the poster child of everything I want in a disciple. That's right, Peter. That's what I wanted you to do. Jesus spoke up. Again, check it out. Mark's Gospel, chapter 10, verse 29, 30. He said, anyone, say anyone. 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 who gives to me or the gospel, and he begins to name stuff, land, properties, family, will receive in this life a hundredfold return. And he begins to list the stuff off again. With persecution. Yeah. And the life to come, eternal life. Why do I say that? Because he... Put the phrase persecution in there because if you're going up higher, you will deal with persecution from somebody. Exactly right. Let me back up. What I meant to start saying is we don't have to keep everybody happy. Right. Let's begin to believe that God's going to bless you, heal you, uh, promote you, strengthen you to the way that ticks somebody off. Come on, somebody. That they can't figure out why you're getting the, you're climbing the ladder so fast, or you're, you're too happy, and you have too much peace, and I, I don't want to just fit in with the world. If you're fitting in with, you know, I mean, down low with the world, or what the world tells us, you know, since when do we allow the world to dictate to the church what the church should have? You're a Christian. Well, you shouldn't have this. That says what? They don't even go to church. They don't even read their Bible. Who are they? Why are we allowing them to be the judge? Let's be, the, let the word be the judge over your life. Amen. And as we step into the new year and do this uh, fasting and praying, I'm believing that many of you will step into a level of life that you have never seen before. Your family has never seen before. Your neighborhood has never seen before. And you can walk out saying, it was God, all God. All I did is I spent time seeking God because Jesus said, if you seek first the kingdom of God, all these things will be added unto you. I'm tired of being tired going after the things. I want God to bring the things that he he wants me to have. It's not getting what other people have. It's not wanting what other people have, but it's saying, God, if you purchase for this for me, I want it. If you brought it, if you paid for it on the cross of Calvary. What do we talk about? The John Tintin dynamic life. I like to say it this way. It's being who God wants you to be. Having what God wants you to have. Doing what God wants you to do. Helping those who God wants you to help. It's not about you trying to shine good so you think about you. But it's you shining and being a light that draws the attention to Jesus. And as long as you are at the best of your game you haven't brought Jesus into the game. But when you're beyond the Best of your game, and people know that you're not that smart, you're not that smooth, you're not that connected, you're not that well. All of a sudden, they say, Wait a minute, something's not connecting, something's not adding up. Then you can be a light to say, Listen, let me tell you about Jesus who brought me out of darkness into the light, who brought me out of being imprisoned to sin to free, who brought me out being desolate and alone to now being a part of a family. Come on, if you believe that, give him praise. Too loud, too loud. Hallelujah. I think we need to make some demon-possessed people mad. Come on, somebody. Why are we trying to think about it? I don't know who this is for. Why are we trying to keep the demon-possessed people happy? Careful what you say. Don't rock the boat. You know, Jesus, get out of the boat. He stepped on the land, and the demon-possessed person came running to him. To fall at his feet and worship him and get delivered. Are you listening to me? Sometimes they need to be riled up a little bit. Don't get upset when people get riled up when you walk in a room. Maybe they need to be free from some stuff. Sometimes we're trying to overlook and live our life where we feel it's uh, utopia. Is not noticing. Sometimes God will bring those rocks to the surface. Sometimes God will bring those problems not so you, that you have to endure them, so you deal with them. We all like to say, I'm gonna wake up and I hope I don't deal with any problems today. You gotta wake up and say, God, what giant do you want me to kill today? I'm not trying to see a giant behind every door. I'm not trying to see a demon behind every rock. But if someone acts up, all you have to do is take a deep breath, say, Lord, what do you want me to do? And then because God's not bringing them to your attention so that you just sit by and say, oh, I'm sorry, I'll be quiet next time. God brought the animals to Adam so Adam could name them, so Adam would have authority over them. And if you're sitting quietly by, say, I just want to make everybody happy. There's too many people that are messed up. We don't need to fit in with them. We need to help them. Oh, that's where we're going today. I just lost my notes. We don't need to fit in with them. We need to help them. We don't need to fit in with everybody. We don't need everybody to like you and thumbs up you and share your post and comment and link and and all your TikToks. No, no. It's good if they do. But you know, at the end of the day, we need to help people. We need to wake up saying, God, you have blessed me, Genesis 12, 2, to be a blessing. I am called today. Say, I am called today. Come on, say, today I am called to be a blessing. Come on, say, today I am called to be a blessing. Say, today I am called to be a blessing to someone. Look at your neighbor and say, you too. God didn't call us just to come to church just to receive. He called you to to share. He called you to to participate. He called you to help. He didn't call you to that job just to do a job and get a paycheck. I'm telling you, He has strategically placed you in that point. You might not like it. He said, I need more Christians at my work. That's a good sign. Now you're beginning to see the problem. So don't just run away from the problem. Say, Art God, there is too many sinners. There's too many atheists. There's too many vulgar people. They're talking garbage. I don't need to hear that garbage all day. That discourages." just me. Lord, they're grieving me. So I can sit here and say, oh God, get me out of here. Argus say, wait a minute. I am called to be a blessing. I am called. You are called to be a light." You are Don't hide the light. Jesus said you don't light a candle and put it under a bushel so it doesn't benefit. No, you put it in a place that it benefits those people in the room. Not everybody's in your room. You're not called to reach everybody. But you're called to reach somebody. I don't care where you're at, what you know. You might not be qualified. It doesn't mean that you're qualified. All Jesus is looking for is people to be available. God, use me. If you can use me today, let me be a blessing to someone. It might be praying for somebody it might be helping somebody it might be inviting somebody to church it might be something as simple as giving a child a drink of water but jesus said if you've done it in my name there is a reward i see it he sees it and you will it will not be overlooked if you believe that give him a praise hallelujah i'm called to be a light i'm called to be a light You ought to say it. When the devil tells you you're no good, that you're messed up and jacked up and God doesn't care say no I'm a child of God. I am called to be alive. I'm here to make a difference. Your destiny your purpose. You didn't walk in this room by accident. Some of you come every Sunday. Some of you is first time but I'm here to tell you that you are not here by accident. You are here by divine design. You need to be awakened. Some of us need to be awakened to the reality of who we are in Christ. Sometimes all we want to do is get what we need I'm telling you there is a level of getting more than you need and that's when you get your eyes off yourself and begin to pray for God to use you to bless other people because you cannot, are you listening to me today, you cannot give what you do not have, hallelujah instead of saying Lord send somebody to encourage me today, you got to wake up and say God I might need encouragement but I know the source of encouragement comes from heaven, so God I'm tapping into that encouragement today because I know there's going to be somebody that I come and cross in the path with in a communication with that will need encouragement. Show me, oh God. Open my eyes, oh God, so that I can be a light to somebody. When you start encouraging somebody, I'm here to tell you it doesn't stop with you. The Bible says, Don't muzzle out, don't muzzle the ox that treads out the corn. Which means when God is using you to help somebody, it's gonna come back to you too. Give and it shall be given. Press down, shake it together, running over. It's just not money. We get so focused on money and we miss the big part of the principle. You need some joy today? Go find somebody and be the light of joy into their life. And I promise you, the moment you walk out of that moment, you're going to be like, wow, I'm feeling good myself. What is that? I'm telling you, it's not the joy that man gives. It's not the peace that man gives. Jesus said, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives. Men can give you peace, but if men give you peace, they can take it away. Men can give you joy, but if they give you joy, they can control you and take it away. Make Him blessed. But when you begin to understand that there is a spiritual heavenly stream of all that comes from the heart of God available to you, you can say I'm going to tap into heaven's joy today and I'm going to be a joy to somebody else. I'm going to be an encouragement to somebody else. I'm going to be a peace to somebody else. I'm going to speak peace to somebody. By the time you walk out of that, I know I'm talking to somebody today. You might be sitting there quietly just smiling, but if you be Begin to respond you'll receive it better I'm here to tell you that when you walk out of that moment instead of just saying I need somebody to pray for me don't find somebody else that needs prayer be the solution and watch it and come back into your life if you believe that stand on your feet and give them praise hallelujah thank you Holy Ghost hallelujah thank you Jesus hallelujah he is the light but then he said, you are the light. You are the light. You may be sitting. You may be sitting. So Say, you are the light. Shh. I had you all stand up just for the people who were uncomfortable standing up so you get a little blood circulating. So, you know, it's not the end of the world. I'm telling you. Now, you might come from a different church, but here's how we flow. And this is because what God told me. That there comes a place when something speaks to your heart, you need to respond. You don't have to say amen if you don't want to. You can say amen, oh my, hallelujah, ah, I don't care what you say. You don't, you can raise your hand, wave your hand, you can stand, you can kneel, you can run, you can, it but you need to respond. It, the, you say, why? I didn't make the system. I'm following God's system. I didn't make the kingdom. I'm just. I'm telling you, there is a natural. The natural instigates and creates a response in the spiritual. We wait for the spiritual, but it's the natural that initiates. The natural initiates what God is doing in the spirit. Where do I get that from? I'm glad you asked because you need to challenge everything that's said to you by anybody with the word of God. And the Bible says, draw near to God. and he will draw near to you. Let me give you another one. Give, and it shall be given. So what what am I telling you? You need to respond in the natural as an indication, expression of what God is doing in the spiritual as a way of saying, God, that's mine. Now the spiritual can be working powerfully, and you can miss it all by sitting quietly. Oh, I'm taking notes. You can take there's a time to take notes and there's a time for impartation. Jesus taught, he preached, and he ministered. And when there's an impartation, that is not a note-taking time, it's a response time. If it's uh, if it's a teaching, then you need to take notes so you don't forget it. So you get it in your head and meditate on it and get it in your spirit with understanding. But there's times where God will be speaking, and they stood and watched Jesus, and he operated supernaturally, and many missed what he was doing, and they didn't recognize who he was was because they wouldn't respond accordingly. Whew. So the Holy Spirit told me at one time, he said, listen, when there becomes a pause, it's a time to go deeper, but I'm waiting for my people to respond if they're willing to go deeper. Then I, I sought the Lord, I said, Lord, I, I feel the anointing, we get flowing, and all of a sudden it's like the brakes come on. What do, I need to figure this out. you got to work on your craft. No matter what you're going to do, you got to work on what God's given you, yeah. your gift. Yeah. If you feel anointed to sing, you got to learn how to sing. Right. Hallelujah. I want to work with kids. So you need to figure out how that works, just in the natural and the spiritual. And the Lord dropped up and showed me, no, it's, there's, a, there's a spiritual pause. God won't take us deeper than we want to go. He won't take us deeper. We want to go. So there becomes a pause. And if that's all we want, we just say, hallelujah, praise God, encourage each other, and and go on to the next thing. Or we can say, I want to go deeper. Say, I want to go deeper. deeper. Say, I want to go deeper. deeper. And when you respond, you'll sense the atmosphere. Now, some of you, this is new to you, and that's okay. Just put it on the back burner. But some of you who've been around for a while will understand the context of the realm of the spirit and the, the dimension of the environment. And all of a sudden, you'll sense the anointing get heavier. What's happening? We're going deeper. I don't want to just go deeper in my own life. I want us to go deeper corporately. I don't want us just to be a church I, that says hope on the building. I want us to be a place that people know in the most hopeless situation, they know there's a place they can go to with other men and women of God. Some are preaching, some are just in the pews at the time, singing or whatever it might be, but they are all anointed of God, men and women of God, and together corporately we go to a place so deep in the realm of the spirit. You say, well, I could do church at home. You can't do church at home. There's something different. There's something, listen to me, as your pastor, I would encourage you, and I love and if you're watching online we are so thankful you're part but there's something that changes i didn't create the system god did when two or three are gathered in the come on you know where i'm there's something that changes in the atmosphere we can go listen we can go deeper than any demon can go Because they can only hang with you so far, but the deeper you go in the presence of God, it's like drowning something. You're, you're going down to the 10-foot pool, and they can only hold their breath to two feet. But as you keep going, they're going, oh, no, oh, my. And they start wiggling and shaking and pulling on you, and you're starting to feel something tug on you. That's because you're going deeper than they can survive. And you can tell the devil, uh-uh, I'm going to hold you down let you know that when you mess with me, you've messed with the wrong person. I am not going to allow you to torment me anymore. I'm not going to live in that fear and anxiety anymore I'm not going to let a doctor's report dictate my life anymore I'm going deeper and I'm letting the devil know that when I come out of this not only is he going to be gone but I'm so wet I'm going to share with somebody else because my cup, come on somebody you know what I'm talking about he anoints your head with oil let your cup flow over if you believe it, give him a praise hallelujah hallelujah Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say I'm a light. Come on shout I am a light. light. Hallelujah. Thank you Jesus. Thank you Jesus. You are a light. You just got saved five minutes ago. Welcome to the party. You are a new creation in Christ. You are a new family member. You are not in the kingdom of darkness. You are in the kingdom of light. You are in the kingdom of what? You are in the kingdom of what? You are in the kingdom of light. That means you are a citizen of a kingdom that is defined by light. If you are a citizen of a kingdom that's defined by light, then you should be expressing the kingdom. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah! Say, I'm light. You say, well, that sounds a little too self-centered. No, no, no. I didn't say Jesus said it. You are the light of the world now. He told the disciples, as the Father sent me, I sent you. You are the light. The devil tries to dim that light. The devil tries to get us to be embarrassed by that light. The devil tries to get us to shut up about that light. And I'm not saying you have to be weird. Only weird people are weird. And there's some weird people in the church because we just love people. But, you know, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you, don't, you can be spiritual and anointed and not be weird. Hallelujah. We have anointed people in this house of all different economic standards, degrees, positions, you can be anointed and not be weird, but you are the light. The devil tried to convince us that we're not the light. He tried to convince us that we aren't deserving of the light. He tries to he tries to get us to adopt a mindset thinking that is not part of the kingdom that we are connected to. You are an ambassador of a different listen, when we send ambassadors to other countries, you ever watch this? They they go to these countries, they go to represent. They go to represent. They don't go to acclimate, they go to represent. They don't go to fit in, they go to represent. They don't go to become like everybody else. They, they go to, it doesn't matter what country, it, it, it we'll have an ambassador in that country. Right. And when that, it doesn't matter if it's in Asia. It doesn't matter if it's in the bush. It doesn't matter what country it is. When you have, when you are an ambassador of America in that country, you represent America in that country. And so if all of a sudden the ambassador decides, you know what? I'm wanting some steak. They don't look to the surroundings to define what they can eat. The embassy gets their source from a different... The embassy gets their supplies from a different place. Everybody around them might be eating the food of the surrounding community. But the ambassador in the embassy orders their supplies from home base. And if you go inside it, it doesn't look like, it's not, it, it's not decorated, it's not looking like, it's not styled after the surrounding nation that they're in. Why? Because even though they're in a different country, listen. Even though when they are in a different country, when you walk into that embassy, I learned a lot about embassies when I started going to the Philippines and ministering to our Hope Churches. When you walk, you need to know where the embassy is at. If you ever go to another country, know where the embassy is at. Because wherever the embassy is at, the land that the the building is on, on the embassy, is no longer the land of that country. Right, right, right. Right? Right? So if you walk, I can be in the Philippines. And once I step into the embassy, I'm no longer in the Philippines. I'm on American soil. You might say, no, 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 you're in the Philippines. Nope, I am in America. That's why when people attack our embassies, it's a, it is an act of war because they are attacking American soil. We didn't realize what we have. We didn't realize who we are. We watch the enemy come in and out, come in and out. No, no, no. We have gates. We have Marines. We have people defending. We have, it is a mi- military base. Why? Because it is, it is not the land of the Philippines or the country it's in. It is the land owned by the country it came from. Oh. What am I telling you? that your house, your land, your properties if you are a child of God, you are, the Bible says you are an ambassador of God which means it might look like American soil, it might look like St. Louis soil, it might look like lower, mid, or high income soil, but I'm telling you it's not any of the above, It's the it's the land that comes from heaven, your supplies come from heaven, we've been ordering off the menu of our surroundings and God said don't you realize if you begin to ask the Bible says, begin to ask. You can order the supplies that comes from home base. You don't have to live off the food or supplies of what can be provided by those around you. They can say, how did you get that? Where well, they're working hard to get what's on around them, but we're not working that way. Adam brought sin into the world, and as a result, they had to kick with their feet. They had to grind with the dirt. They had to dig hard and sweat hard to get anything. But what happened before the fall, Adam began to operate at a different level. Adam in the garden didn't operate the way the Adam that had fallen operated. Adam had provision. Say he had provision. It, the water came from the ground. It didn't come from the sky. If something needed to be watered, it was water. It got, he didn't have to figure out how do I run a canal to water these plants. They had it automatically. God had the system set up automatically. All Adam had to do is begin to activate and enjoy what the Father had provided for him to rule over. Adam gave it up and had now had to begin to define and work and develop and make it by the sweat of his brow, the Bible says. Some of us are living by the sweat of the brow. Listen, I'm not saying that you can be lazy. No, lazy Proverbs says get you nothing. But James says faith without works is dead. But some of us are working hard and not working smart. Because we're working to do what we have seen people do around us. We have emulated people that we have seen go before us. And they have done it the world system. They have done it the world's way. And it looks right from one perspective. But I'm telling you there is a better way. You can begin to say, God show me what to do and I'm going to put into action the plans of God. you got to write that down. Today I am putting into action the plans of God. I'm going to put my effort to what God shows me to do because when I do what God shows me to do, I'm not doing it just on my ability. The Bible says I'm doing it on his ability. I don't care if you have a business, you're an education, you're a, it don't matter. You can say, God, show me how the best way to do this, give me the best practice, not designed by the average of what other people do, but how you want me to do it and God will give you techniques to teach that class that no one has ever written before. God will give you techniques to market that business that no one's ever thought of before. It's always involving, which means someone has learned a new way. You can be be days, weeks, months, years ahead of your game. If you begin to say, God, I'm going to do it your way, instead of me working hard and sweating hard, doing it like everybody else. Some of us are under the weight. Am I talking to anybody? You're living under the weight of what man has done, and you're saying, I'm struggling, but it's not working. I feel something in my spirit has been saying that. You've been praying it. You've been talking. God, I'm trying to do the right thing, but it's not working. And I hear the Spirit of God saying to you, be free from doing it man's way. Be free from doing it the way man has done it. Be free from following a pattern that I didn't create for you. You are an ambassador of the Most High God. Begin to order your supplies from heaven. Begin to do what He shows you to do. And watch God and God alone. And people will say, how did you get there? Why Are you enjoying this? What is your secret? And you can say, let me tell you, the aroma of my God, the goodness of God. Hallelujah. Shout hallelujah. Come on, give him a praise. You are an ambassador. The devil doesn't want you to know that. He wants you to try to fit in, get everybody to like you. And you get everybody like you, he's going to make sure in the mix and the average and the median that you're going to have some demon-possessed crazy people that lower the bar so low that tell you that you shouldn't, that Christians shouldn't, that it shouldn't be that way. But you are the light. I want you to wake up tomorrow morning and say, I am the light. I want you to look in the mirror. Don't you look at how many wrinkles you got in your aging. You begin to say, "Uh uh-uh, that don't matter. I am the light. I am the light to the world today. I'm a light to somebody today. I have an assignment today. See, I'm an ambassador. So we don't need to live just like everybody else that doesn't need the average way of just one of the brown. We can do it the way God wants us to do it and begin to take a step back. A dear friend of mine who's a Jewish individual and we were talking about the prayer shawl one day. One of the things they do with the prayer shawl, and Jesus talked about praying. And when he, Jesus said, when you enter your prayer closet, most people think of a closet, and that's a fine thing to do, but that's not what he was talking about since they didn't have closets in the day of Jesus or houses the way we represent. But it was actually a prayer shawl. And they would wrap themselves. They would wear it on the shoulder, and they'd pull it up, and then they would wrap it around their face. They, and one of the things I thought was so interesting that I had not heard before is then they would take a step back and then they would take a step forward. Now, there's, there's too much for us to talk today about all the different meanings, and there's a lot of meaning to all these different things. But what I want to draw your attention to is the fact, think about what God was asking them to do. Take a step back and then take a step forward. Sometimes we we're running so fast, we got to stop some stuff and take a step back. And say, okay, God, I'm taking a step back. Why? Because I need to take a step into you. Yeah. I need to st- take a step into your will. I need to take a step into your word. I'm going to take a step back. I believe that's what we're doing in January. We're going to take a gl- global corporate. We're going to take a step back. It's not just to be hungry. There's a lot of people that are just hungry. You can, No, it's about seeking God. We're going to take a step back, and then we're step into something. Yeah. Step into him. We're waiting for God to do everything. God said, I need to take a step back. And then I want you as a a natural action, do a spiritual connection, take a step into me. Because you are an ambassador. See, I'm an ambassador. The devil doesn't want you to know that. You're a light to the world. What are we doing? We're raising your value to the value that God sees you. The devil will try. Have you ever noticed? And we've all sinned before. The Bible says all have sinned come short of the glory of God. And I'm so thankful for forgiveness. Can I get an amen to that? Amen. Our Psalms 103. And don't forget his benefits. He forgives us of all our sins. Heals us of all diseases. But Have you ever noticed how sin will devalue you? Sin will bring you down and devalue you. And then you get in some church circles, not mentioning names, and we love everybody. But we've all been there. And life has a way of devaluing you, knocking you down. And then you go to church, and they'll try to knock you down. I don't believe that's godly. Because I know the word builds you up. Prayer builds you up, Jude verse 20. Why? Because we want you to rise up to the level that God's called you to be. To be. And you know one of the challenges in that? That I think is a huge facet that keeps people from praying big prayers, doing big things. Let me read you one verse. Hey, media team, you're back on. <laughs> Galatians 5. It says, for in Jesus Christ, neither circumcision avails anything nor uncircumcision, but faith which works by love. Say faith. faith. Come on, work with me. Say faith, faith. Which, works which works by love. By love. Faith, faith which works by love. Yeah. Yeah, just so we're all on the same page, faith is a key ingredient to everything you receive from God. Hebrews 6, 12 and Hebrews 11, Faith is actually, it's even involved within the context of salvation. You are saved by grace through faith, right? And for most of my ministry, I've always read that verse from the context of faith works by my love. I need to be in love. But I want to throw this at you. I believe it's a little different because you don't have any love without God, some of us are trying to have love for people. Maybe you're here and there's some people that are just getting on your nerves and you're at the verge of hating them. And you're like, God, I know that's not right. Let me help you out. You don't, you don't love people out of discipline. The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Amen. So we need God to help us even love. Right. But, and there's a context of even saying faith works by the love of God through us. But I want to go a little deeper. Can we do that? We'll close out with that. Can we go a little deeper? Yeah. It's not just some of you are like I'm out of here. You, we love you. You can go. <laughs> faith works by love, not only through us. Hear me. Faith works by love to us. Faith works by love to us. Why do I say that? But you know, the Bible tells us, "For God so loved the world that He." Gave his only begotten son, John 3.16. We know that God loves. God loves. But you know the problem is? The reason some of us, nobody here, the reason some of us we don't pray is we don't know the love of God to us. We don't know the love of God to us. We feel like we are a sinner saved by grace. We talked about that last Sunday. We feel like we're second-rated or undeserving. Stay with me. Because if we can get this right it's going to change how bright we can be as a light. Oh, that almost rhymed. You say, how does that connect? Because Jesus said the two greatest commandments to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind and to love your neighbor as you love your... If you hate yourself, hateful people hate other people. Hurt people It's the faith works. When you pray, you got to have faith. To live, you have to have faith. Hebrews eleven six 6, to please God, you have to have faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. And one of the struggles we have is because of where we came from, We don't know how, like Paul says, forgetting those things which are behind press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling. And because we carry with us where we came from into where we are at, we carry a stigma, we carry an aroma, we carry a mindset that we are of no value to what God has for us. And that's a lie of the devil. It is a trap of the devil because if he can get you to disconnect... So, I, I, we've been talking, encouraged in the last 20, 30, whatever it is, minutes, that you're the light, right? Yeah. Some of you are like, you're in. You're like, yeah, I'm the light. I'm going to make a difference in somebody's life. I'm a light. You're an ambassador. I'm an ambassador. Some of you, but some of us are like, mm, sounds good, but probably won't work for me. And the, the, the hiccup, the, the stopgap is the fact of our accepting his love to us. You ought to get in God's presence one day, just you, you and your room, you and your car, and just begin to get in, get, worship him, initiate it in the natural, pray in the spirit, pray, worship, whatever, and begin to experience the love of God and just say, Lord, I just need to experience your love for me today. Because if we're, if we're getting our love and value and our worth by people around us, and that can happen. And it's a great thing when people encourage you. Right. But if you, get, if you get on that train, since we've got a train here today, if you get on that train, it is a bad drug. Yeah. Why? Because you go back to those people to get the same fix. Yeah. And those people can't always be there for you to give you the same fix. Yeah. Am I helping somebody? And you will literally, it's like taking money out of an account. And we stop making deposits because all we can do is get some withdrawals. I know you might have problems, but the problem is I got a big problem today, and I need you to encourage me today. I need to see, feel some affirmation from you today. I need you to say some kind words to me today. I need you to pat me on the back. And what we do is we we make withdrawals out of accounts that have no money, and we end up leaving and having a life of bankrupting relationships and ministry opportunities. Why? Because everything that we have developed as affirmation came from people around us. And they're going back to our source your source you don't order your supplies from those around us we order our supplies from home base and if you need affirmation get in the anointing of God and say God you know what I'm dealing with I need some affirmation from heaven I need some confirmation from the anointing I need a sense of love and you can walk out of the glory cloud oh my God we can walk We're in it and walk out of it and you can step out of that glory cloud knowing that you don't see people for what they give you you are there to be a blessing to them. And you won't bankrupt. Some of us are walking around scratching our heads. Why are my relationships, they don't last too well? I'm here to tell you because you see that husband or that wife or that boyfriend or that girlfriend or that best friend or that parent or that friend. You see them as your source. And you will bankrupt them because when they see you coming they're thinking, oh here they come again. I can't give anything to them today and they're going to get mad at me. i got to get away. i got to step away. i got to take care of my own stuff. Some of us I've experienced that on both sides. And I'm here to tell you, when you begin to draw your source, your supply from home base, as an ambassador, then your light, your peace, your joy. Praise God you had a successful day. But I'm telling you, this works on a day when nothing went your way. This works on a day when you had a battle all day. This works when people turned against you. Even in Jesus' ministry, there was a time they all left him. And he looked at the disciples and are saying, are you going to? It wasn't because he needed an affirmation. His affirmation didn't come from them. It didn't come from the success of the day. It came from heaven above. And if they didn't accept his teaching and they turned their back on him or tried to kill him, he didn't have to worry about it. He didn't get disturbed, discouraged. He began to walk through it. The Bible says they were trying to push him off a hill because he began to show them who he was. When you begin to shine as the ambassador, as the light that God's called you to be, not everybody's going to love you. Not everybody's going to applaud. Not everybody's going to like you. Like we started off, God will do something so so great in you and for you that it will tick off some people. And you can get upset or you can cry or you can accommodate or you can pacify or you can be like Jesus who the Bible says when they try to push him off the hill, he just won't walk through them. What? He just did I'm not going to stay here. I'm not going to stop here. I'm not going to explain myself. I got a place to go. I got people to see. I got things to do. I got to do the will of the Father. I might not be the light for you, but God's called me to be the light for somebody and I'm not going to stay here. I'm not going to stop here. I'm not going to explain. Am I talking to somebody? We'll spend years at the stopping point trying to explain ourselves to people that can't receive from us Anyway, don't worry about them. Love them, move on. Keep stepping, keep walking. You have a place to go. Say, I'm alive. Come on, give them a praise. Give them a praise. You're alive. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When we draw God's love, sit down, sit down, sit down. Hallelujah! When we, dr- <laughs> then you can stand, Mother Love. So when we when we draw God's love, when we draw from heaven, it changes the game. The devil doesn't want you on that because he's had some of us our whole lives on the rat race of baiting in front of us, things that we want, those shiny things, right? Matthew 13 talks about that. There's a level of your faith when you hear the word and it begins to develop faith and begins to produce fruit. And there's a level of pressure. One is to keep you from going to the next level. Some of us have fought through that. But there's a next level where you begin to see the success and the enemy tries to sidetrack you. He did that to Jesus. He took him to a high mountain, the Bible says, to tempt him. And if it wasn't a temptation, it would not be in the temptation. Jesus was tempted like we are. Which means it had to have some level of temptation. We look at Jesus like he's cold and indifferent. Nope, not me. Nope. No. It, had to be, it had to be somewhat moving to him. Otherwise, he couldn't relate to the temptations we deal with. And the Bible says he understands. He equates. He relates to what we deal with, what we deal with temptation. And the devil took him to high mountain and said, look at all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of the money there. I'll give you all of this if you bow down. And he said, you should worship no other but God. Yeah. Right? It was still a temptation. But if you go and study that, notice the devil tries to tempt us away with shiny things that will sidetrack us from the plan of God. Though it looks like it takes us to the destination of God, but not the path of God. And anything that tries to take you to the destination of God without the path or process of God is not from God. Let it go. Let it go. Well, I'll get you there quickly. You just have to do some unethical things. Let it go. You can have that, that corner office. You just got to join with us and we're going to get them and on them on the back and lie about uh, to the big boss about them. And that way you can have that job. We, we want this. Let it go. Anything that causes you to digress away from the convictions of the word of God to get to what you think is the destination of God. It's not from God. Am I talking to somebody? Let it go. Shout. Let it go. In closing... I can only say that because I have no idea where I'm at because I'm not following my notes. But it will keep some of you around for a few more minutes. In closing, when Jesus was being tempted by the devil, every temptation started with a question. Let me help you out how the devil will try to attack you. He started with a question. Now, there's all different things. Even turn this rock into bread. I heard a preacher say this and it stuck with me. I thought, that's true. If it, if it wasn't possible, it wouldn't be a temptation. Sometimes the devil has more confidence in Jesus' power than we do. Because he knew he could turn that. Right? But every, every temptation started with, if you are the son of God. He didn't care about feeding him. He didn't care about the kingdoms. He was trying to challenge his position, his, his purpose. If you are the son of God. If you are the son of, If he can get him to doubt who he is. That's what, go back, that's what sin will do. It will get us to question who we are in God. That's why 1 John 1, 1.9 says, when you sin, repent. And he is faithful and just to forgive you. And it doesn't stop there. He forgives you and does what? Cleanses you of all unrighteousness. The blood brings you back into the place of righteousness. Praise God for the blood of Jesus. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah! Felt that. Whoo! We plead the blood. And the devil said, "If you are, if he could get him to doubt his identity, then he could rewrite his destiny." If he can get you to doubt who you are in Christ, he can get you to rewrite your destiny. Because you'll begin to believe, oh, no, this, I'm really not anything special. I'm just, the, I'm just going through this. I, and the devil reminds you. but well, we need to remind him by speaking the word of God. Not just thinking it. Say the word. Speak the word. Pray the word. Command with the word of God. Matthew 18, 18. But let me dig a little deeper because there's something subtle see the devils, he's tricky. He's been doing this for a long time. Yeah. He's foolish because he thinks he can be God, but he's also tricky. Right. And there's something subtle in that temptation that a lot of times we miss, that is really, in my opinion, one of the key elements of what he was after. You say, "What is it, pastor?", oh, you don't actually have to say, that. that's rhetorical. But I appreciate you playing. And if you want to know what it's about, then you go back a little bit in the timeline. And you find when, before he went to the wilderness and fasted, before he was tempted, before he fasted, before he went to the wilderness, he came where? He was at the water baptism. Where John, he told John, I need you to baptize me. John says, I don't deserve to baptize you. He goes, no, we need to fulfill the law. You need to baptize me. Greg Bruce translation. And when he was baptized, Bible says he came out of the water. Do you remember this? And, and the Holy Spirit, like a dove, came, ascended upon him. Right. Yeah. All right? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ooh, I feel the glory on that. And the, the Holy Spirit came upon him. Yeah. We need to do a series about the Holy Spirit in you, with you, and upon you. But, mm, mm, mm. but then a the voice from heaven thundered and said, this is my no this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased what was heaven saying what was the father saying this is my son who's unique and I love him dearly this is my beloved son this is my beloved son This is my, what was the devil after? If he can break the connection, it wasn't just about identity, although identity is a definite connection to the destiny. But what was he doing? He was going after his position with the father. If he could get him to change his identity, then he knew he could cut the connecting source between the father and the son. He was going after the sonship. He was going after the sonship. He was going after the sonship. Because the father had already said, this is my beloved son. If God can get you to doubt God's, if the devil can get you to doubt God's love for you. The disciples did it. In the boat. They woke up Jesus. They thought they were going to die. And they said, what? Don't you care? He was going after the sonship. You say, what is that? Because the Father loved the Son. You can say, that's wonderful. But you know what doesn't stop there? Because Jesus said, as the Father has loved me, come on somebody, so I love you. So when you wake up in the morning, I want you to hear from heaven, maybe not an audible voice, come on somebody, but I want you to have the recollection that God's looking from the throne of God, and Jesus at his right hand, hallelujah. And he's saying, I love you. You are my son or my daughter. I love you so much. You need to wake up not say." Saying- God hates me. You. you need to wake up saying, I am loved of God. You are a child. Not because you deserve it, but because of the blood of Jesus has cleansed you from all unrighteousness. You are a son and daughter of the most high God. That's the reason you can boldly enter the throne because of the Holy Spirit. And go to the throne of God and cry out, Abba, Father. That's an intimate connection between a son and the Father. Why? He's trying to say, instead of striving, begin to fellowship and worship and get to know me and begin to receive from me the love that i have for you you won't bankrupt those relationships you won't bankrupt those ministry opportunities why because you've received the supply from heaven and the biggest supply we need is god's love not just we know it in our head and memory that we can quote we begin to sense the completeness we oh my god we sense the presence the goodness of our heavenly father we know he loves us Dearly, and because he loves us dearly, guess what you're going to do? You're going to love other people because he's forgiven you completely. The Bible says, "What are you going to do? You're going to forgive others because you're not drawn from them; you're giving to them." Shout, "I am a light!" Come on, shout, "I am a light!" Shout like a minute, say, "I am a light." Shh, you're a light to somebody today. You're a light to somebody today. You're a light to somebody today. You're anointed. I don't feel anything emotionally. I don't care what you feel emotionally. God loves you so much. He loves you more than you can understand, more than you can explain. He loves you so much. I want to challenge you. I want you to find somebody between now and the end of the year. Find some, if you. It doesn't have to be financially, but I want you to do something for somebody that is so beyond what they could ever pay you back or what they ever deserve. It might be financially, but if you can't do it financially, figure out a way to do something. Do something that is so, so you're looking for a response of them saying, why would you do that? For me, oh, I don't deserve, that's too much. If they don't say it's too much, there's not enough. Why? Because I want you to begin to get the perspective of how much your Heavenly Father loves you. That He wants to do something for you to almost embarrass you with His goodness not because you deserve it, not because you have earned it. When I buy something for my daughter, I want to do something that embarrasses her to, with the goodness of her father, not because she's earned it or has to qualify, but because I am her father and she is my child. Your heavenly father loves you so much. He wants to do something that's so extravagant. And it doesn't always have to be material stuff get things in balance it can be but, that's, but what hinders us from receiving from God is we don't think he wants to do it for us because we doubt his love for us and to us because of the enemy and we won't be because we don't receive it we can't share it and because we can't share it we can't be a light come on, come on. hallelujah hallelujah See, God is good. He's so good that Jesus said, There is none good but one. There is none good but one. There is none good but one. God doesn't put sickness on you. No, He's your healer. He doesn't put depression on you. No, He's your provider. He's your peace. Don't look to receive based on what you can merit. Receive based on who he is. Hallelujah. Whew. That'll preach right there, won't it? That'll you can do a whole series just on that. We have created a merit system in the church world. Instead of just saying, I can't earn this. I know. I want you to do something for somebody where they look at you and say, I can't pay you back. I know. my brother brought somebody to uh, the office this week and because he owns several Chick-fil-A's but he's also involved in different things and he's, he's become friends with different athletes and one was Ozzie Smith and this guy's Ozzie Smith's best friend. And so he's like, hey, you gotta come see what my church is doing. So we were taking him through a tour of the facilities and the outreaches, the free grocery store, the free clothing store and, and talking about different things and he was just blown away. This is God, this is not us. He was blown away. He's like, I have never seen anything like this before. He goes, This is amazing. And I said, Yeah, we just gave away uh, coats. They were London Fog coats. I had someone said, This is a London Fog coat. I said, Yeah, brand new coat. We gave over nine hundred coats away to children. Was that last two weeks ago? Last week. He's like, man, that's even better than Kurt Warner. He's only gave away 400 coats. I said, well, I'm not trying to compete. We're not competing against Kurt. We like him. He helped us out when he was here playing football. Help us, Jesus. Then they sold the team, but that's another bitter point I'm praying through. So, And I just said, you know, our thing is we believe in loving people where they're at. Not forcing them to come to church. Love it. I believe that that's one of the greatest things to do. Find people where they're at, where their need is. Meet the need with no strings attached. Because how do you explain that you just gave presents or Christmas tree or food or clothes or coats to someone's kids that wouldn't have it? And you're like, the natural reaction is, What can I do for you? What, how much? And they're like, You don't do anything, just receive. It messes with people's heads. Because that's not the human nature. That's not the society we live in. But that's the kingdom we live in. We don't do ministry based on the society we live in. We do based on the kingdom that we live in. And I said, one of the things that God's placed in our heart is not only to minister to people and meet their needs, but do it in a manner that restores dignity. Because if you've ever gone through, God forbid, ever go through a hard time, one of the things that it is, it destroys dignity. We want, and, I, and I said, if you take people's dignity away, you take their desire to, to climb out of that. We want to restore dignity to people and to love them. Well, they need to get saved. They do, but it's a process. One man plants, another man waters, and God gives the increase. But we don't, we don't minister to people and love people trying to get something from them because then they think that they've earned it. Oh, I came to church. I've earned my coat. No. We do it in a manner that can't explain the love of God. I want you to find somebody in the next couple of weeks. Let the Holy Spirit show you. Do something for somebody that they cannot explain the generosity of your kindness. It doesn't mean money. Go rake their leaves. Go shovel their snow or something. I don't know. Go do something that's beyond just enough. Right? Do it where it's like blows their mind. Why? To show them the love of God. It'll be not only a great experience for each and every one of us, it'll be a reminder how much your Heavenly Father wants to do for us. So when you begin to pray, you don't think of God, what do I deserve? What can I make happen? You begin to pray in alignment with the Word of God and say, God, this is, Heavenly Father, this is what your Word says. And I thank you that you love embarrassing me with your goodness. I'm not going to pray for a 3% raise. I prayed with somebody last Sunday. She's like... I'm about to lose my job. I need a new job. And I said, all right, what's your field? Let's pray specific. What do you, what do you, I said, I don't want a dollar amount, but let's find something. Don't pray for something that's almost as much as what you're paying. I said, if we're going to pray, let's pray for an increase. I said, let's pray that God gives you a better job with a 30% increase. If we're going to pray, if we're going to believe, If we're going to call an order from home base, come on somebody, quit doing it from the fruit that's nearby and easy. Begin to look up and say, there's some fruit up there that belongs to me. I can't reach it, but it came from home base. All right, Father, this is what your word says. I'm going to dare to believe. Let's do some crazy prayers. Quit praying that your kids get along pray that god anoints them so much that they all want to go in the ministry let the devil know that he should never mess with you i'm trying to keep my son out of jail let's get him out of jail but let's get him into the ministry let's get him owning some businesses let let let's just not settle we're not a settling type of church if you want a settling type of church that will just comfort you and say, well, God, I'm just try to get some glory. I have a whole list of churches you can go to. But if you're looking for a church where people celebrate when, you are, when God gives you victory, that will stand with you in the battles of life, that will believe the impossible, pray for the... In- then you're in the right place. Hallelujah. You received anything from that today, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. We're done. Hallelujah. Before I do a salvation call, this is what the Lord just placed on my heart. I want to pray for anybody who needs prayer, but here's how I want to do it. We're going to do it a little different. If you're here and you need a miracle, the impossible, I'm not going to ask you to come down here, but I'm going to ask you to stand and I'm going to speak one prayer in a few minutes for everybody. We've done this before and we have seen God do the impossible. We pray, we lay hands on people. That's scriptural, Mark 16. We we do that. But there's also Jesus healed in so many different ways. We have boxed God in. So if you're here and you need a miracle, maybe a financial miracle, maybe a a physical healing miracle, maybe a marriage miracle, whatever it might be. I, I just sense... That, yeah, I, I just sense the, the the gift of faith operating in this room. Don't come to me afterwards and say, "Hey, I didn't stand," but can you pray for me? It's going to be a different story then. I mean, I'll pray with you, but there's a difference in the in the flow of what the Lord's doing. Okay, so if you need a miracle, I want you to stand to your feet, and if it's a physical miracle, I want as a response, I want you to put your hand, if you can, on the area of your body that you need healing. If it's a lot of things in your body, you can put your hand on top of your head if you want. If it's a financial miracle, put your hand on your wallet, your, your credit card, your phone if you use that, and lift it up. Whatever it might be. If it's, you know what I mean, as a sign, you pray for somebody else too if you want. Father, in the name of Jesus, hallelujah. I'm going to ask you to do something really weird. I don't want you to pray. I want you to take a deep breath and just relax. Take a deep breath and relax. <sighs> the time of striving and earnings over. It's the day of receiving. We're receiving from home base as ambassadors. Say, thank you, Jesus. I believe I receive. Now, whatever it is, you just say, it might be healing, it might be a restoration, it might be peace. I believe I receive joy back in my life. I believe I receive a financial miracle. I believe I, I want you to say it. I want your ears to hear what, you're, what you need. I believe I receive, according to your word, when Pastor Greg prays, I believe I receive it. Now, Father, according to Your Word, I thank You. Hallelujah. We thank You. We praise 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 You. Psalms 103 verse 2. Just stay in a moment. Bless and affectionately praise the Lord, O my soul, and do not forget any of His benefits. Who forgives you of all your sins, who heals you of all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you lavishly with loving kindness and tender mercy, who satisfies your years with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. Father, I thank you for the power of your word that as Isaiah 55, 11 says, it will not return void. It accomplishes that to which it's sent. I thank you, Father. We're not moved by emotions. We're not moved by fear. We're not moved by our surroundings. We draw from the supply of heaven today as, and as children of the most high God. Ambassadors into this world as a light to shine into the lives of other people. So, Father God, I thank you that you're doing something amazing in the lives of your people right now. You're doing something amazing in the lives of your people right now. You're doing something that's unbelievable in the lives of your people right now. You're doing the impossible in their lives right now. Right now, where they stand, where they stand at their level of faith, you are doing the impossible. It's not by might nor by power, but by your spirit. I thank you, Father God. You have done the impossible for them today. You are moving in the impossible. You are doing the unbelievable in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you for that. In the name of Jesus, we thank you for that. We thank you for that. We thank you for that. You are doing the impossible. Our eye has not seen, our ear has not heard, neither has entered our heart. The great things you have prepared for us, but you are revealing them to us through your word and by your spirit. I thank you, Father God. I thank you. You are doing the impossible today. You are doing the impossible today. You are the God of the impossible. We praise you, Lord Jesus. We praise you. We worship you. Jesus, you are the God of the impossible. 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 You are the highest authority. Your name is above all names. At that name, every knee must bow and every tongue must confess. So in the name of Jesus, by the authority and the blood of Jesus, we curse and bind the enemy's tactic against these people. We draw the blood of Jesus around their life. And just like in the days of Exodus, when the enemy would try to come, he would see the blood and would pass over. I decree over their life the blood of Jesus over their home. And when the enemy tries to come with foolishness, it has to pass over. When the enemy tries to come with sickness and infirmity, it has to pass over. When the enemy tries to come with fear and torment, it has to pass over. When the enemy tries to come with any tactic he's ever used or ever will think of, he has to pass over. He sees the blood, and because of the blood, we are exempt. Because of the blood, we are healed. Because of the blood, we are free. Because of the blood, we are forgiven. Because of the blood, we decree over the lives of your people that they are and have received right now by the power of your spirit. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Be free in the name of Jesus. Be delivered in the name of Jesus. And everyone shouted, take 30, give them the loudest praise. Come on. Hallelujah. Free. Free, free, free! You are victorious. Hallelujah! 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 Listen to me. Here's what I want you to do. I don't want you to feel like you got to keep praying about this. Say it's done. Come on, shout! Shout! It's done. Mark 11, 23, 24. When you pray, believe that you have received it. Symptomatically, the the enemy will try to come back. In the environment of the surrounding emotional moment, the enemy will try to come back. But when he does, don't let your mouth say, oh, I guess I didn't receive. Let it come out of your mouth. No, sorry, devil. You have to pass over. I've already been healed. Come on, somebody say I've already been healed this works out easy say I've already been healed on December 17th at 12 o'clock hallelujah my marriage has already been restored my finances have already been healed my children have already been dealt with it's already done it's already done it's already done Now, and you begin to give him thanks and remember what he's done. So when he reminds you, say, "Uh uh-uh, I'm not moved by what I feel here. See, I'm moved by the word. I thank you, Father. It's already done on december 17th at hope church at noon i believe i received it i have it i give you praise for it i thank you and when the enemy begins to shout say sorry devil you're too late the blood's been applied victory is mine i have it say i have it Shall i have it Shall I, I have it now give them a praise hallelujah 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 you may be seated you may be seated Hallelujah. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. We're going long, but it's good. I can't, I'm just. Every head bowed, every eye closed. We We can't leave this place without giving an opportunity for someone who doesn't know Jesus. Salvation, one of the greatest miracles. And those of you, as the miracle manifests in your life, business, family, relationship, healing, finance, let us know. We want to celebrate with you. Will you do that? Let us know. Some of you, immediately, you saw the, the manifestation. But if you didn't see the manifestation immediately, it don't matter. You received it immediately. Lay hands on the sick and they shout. It, it is a process. The miracle started. It's a prayer of agreement. It has happened. You've received it. But if you're here today and you do not have a real relationship with Jesus Christ, I'm not asking if you know about God. I'm not saying talking about joining a church, denomination, religion. I'm asking you this question. Is Jesus Christ real to you in a way that you know for yourself that He's real and He's your Lord and Savior? Only you can answer that. The world's filled up with a lot of churches that are all about denominations and religion. And, and I'm not into religion. I'm into a real relationship with Jesus Christ. People will, will follow the formula and the format of those that have gone before them and they think they got it down, but there's no heart, there's no essence. Jesus told the Pharisees, Sadducees, you look the part, but inside you're empty. You're dead man's bones. You can look the part, Matthew 25, and look like a virgin, but not have any oil. We need a real relationship with Jesus Christ. We need to have this relationship on a daily basis. Because he's our source. You don't have to, listen, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus, you don't have to live with condemnation. You don't have to live with the pain of sin. You don't have to live with that heavyweight dark cloud. You say, how do you know? Because we've all been there. There's something good to know that you're cleansed on the inside. Just not mentally, but you know it. You sense it. I just feel so light. I feel so, so much better. That's the blood of Jesus that's cleansed you from all unrighteousness. The devil doesn't play fair. He's trying to steal, kill, and destroy, John 10. 10. But Jesus came that you might have life and life more abundantly. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you do not know Jesus in a real and personal way, maybe you've never heard the gospel that God so loved the world that He sent His only begotten Son, a virgin birth, to live on this life sinless, to die on the cross for our sins and on the third day rose again for us. He paid the price. He lived a perfect life so we can get the benefits of what He lived and He took the punishment of the way we lived. today's the day today's the day or maybe you used to have a relationship with God but you allowed stuff to come between you and God and you know your heart's not right today's the day today's the day I'm gonna lead you in a short simple prayer but Revelation 3 Jesus said I stand at the door and I knock if you hear my voice and open up I'll come in Romans 10 says those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved let this prayer come from your heart say with me Heavenly Father I turn to you today. I repent of all my sins. I believe in my heart, and I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that He came to this earth in the flesh, died on a cross for my sins, was buried for me, and on the third day rose again for me, because I believe that. I ask you, Jesus, to come into my heart, wash me in your blood, forgive me, cleanse me, give me a fresh start. See, Jesus, I don't want a religion. I want a real relationship with you. So I ask you right now for you to make yourself real to me today in a way that I know for myself that you're real and you're my Lord and Savior. I receive you today. I receive you as my Savior and my Lord. Thank you for saving me. Amen. Amen. Isn't that awesome?